What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside the one, the only, Brock Davis. Brock, Happy New Year, and how you doing? Good. Happy New Year. Hopefully this year will uh, <laughs> provide happier things than this last year did for everything, including Angels baseball. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm hoping for that as well. Um, I think we both kind of sound a little drained. I'm not going to lie here. We're uh, a little lackluster. You got your coffee. I got a little coffee going as well. We're, we'll get the uh, we'll get the energy up and going here. And I know this first little segment that we have before, or the first segment we have is going to be very energy packed with, I mean, we're going to talk about Trevor Bauer right away. I'll tell you guys that. But before we get going any further, please, guys, if you like what we do, if we like what we have going on here, please tell a friend and go give us a five-star review on Apple. If you have any questions, topic ideas, or just want to get on the Talking Fans segment with myself and Brock, you can message me at Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. You can message Brock on Twitter at BDRocks8. Or you can message, you can email us at TalkingHalos at gmail.com. Send Derek an email and go bug him there. Tell him how good we're doing on this part of the thing. And just, you know, want to throw this out here. Brock, I got your, I got your Twitter right. I got the Twitter handle right this time. <laughs> you did. I I was. I think I, it's the consistency now that I've been here for uh, for you know consistently. <laughs> it's it's in, ingrained in your brain now. It is. I, I had I had to look it up, but I have it written down now, so I will never forget it. And I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't even have to ask you anymore. I have it. I have it memorized in my head as well. So we'll be good. I don't need to ask you that anymore. But guys, like I said, you know, if if you want to get on the show talk with myself and Brock like we've been doing because there's been not a whole lot of news and you want to get on and share your opinion, please, you know, shoot us either one of us a message and we'll, we'll get you on and we'll both, we'll talk, we'll talk you through any problems you're having. I mean, we'll try to be the best psychologist we can be baseball wise. I don't know about anything else, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll try our best. Uh, so guys, without any further ado, let's get this, let's get this one going and we have a fun little, you know, housewives episode I, I guess we we had going on on twitter the other night i know we're a little bit late to the to the party here but trevor ba- between trevor bauer a reporter and john Heyman, and his agent rachel luba i i, I think a lot of us already kind of know what happened and if if you don't go on and check it out i think it was all over social media i'll, I'll just kind of sum it up john Heyman came out early i think it was a couple of days it was a couple of days ago i don't even remember what day it was exactly but he came out and he said that he it seems that you know rival execs believe that trevor bauer is going to get upwards of 35 to 40 million a year for 5 to 6 years which is upwards of 200 million <laughs> yes exactly that is way above what anybody thought he was going to get and i mean surprising not really because you know the best pitcher in the free agent market last year got a lot a lot a lot of money and pitchers are a, a very hard commodity and i think we've talked about this before with a lot of people that you know pitching gets you into the playoffs so you're gonna have to pay for that and good pitching doesn't come around that often you can go out and find yourself a you know decent position player for cheap but finding good pitching is difficult so you know, in a, in a sense, I guess it wouldn't have been too surprising if he got that money. But at the same time, wow, that's a lot of money. So much more money than anybody else's. I mean, Garrett, that's Garrett Cole money. And Garrett Cole was by far the best pitcher for the last couple of years. So after that, Trevor Bauer threw his two cents in. Kind of threw John Heyman under the bus quite a bit. And then the I think the best part in this whole thing 
was when Jessica, I think if I'm going to botch her name, I think her last name is Jessica Kleinschmidt of NBC Bay Area. She does the athletics, some MLB network stuff as well. She she tweeted, and I, I it was something along the lines of, yeah, Rachel doesn't reply, reply to her text very well. Heyman came back and said she replied to her text and declined to comment on this situation. And then Rachel, in fact, tweeted at John Heyman that she was traveling all day, hasn't seen any text messages. So, I mean... I don't even know what to make of all of this. It felt like, like I said before, it felt like a, just a giant Real Housewives episode on Twitter. And I'm not going to lie, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching this whole thing develop. And it was the fun that baseball really needed. Brock, did you get a glimpse of this whole thing that went on? <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw it shortly after Trevor Bauer had replied to <laughs> Heyman initially to start the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. And uh, personally, I mean, if trying to play devil's advocate here if Heyman is reporting something along those lines that isn't true or you know that that's a pretty strong I want to say accusation is the right word because it's not necessarily something wrong of Trevor Bauer to ask for that kind of money it might be wrong in a lot of people's eyes but he's not like doing something illegal or morally wrong but either way whether or not like if, if, if he reported something that's not true and Trevor Bauer stood up for himself and said that, hey, you know, I'm learning a lot about my free agency from your tweets. Like, A, that's funny to me. <laughs> and B, good for him for, you know, setting him straight. You know, because obviously we've seen already that there's still some disclosure to all the behind the door details kind of things. But for the most part, it's been fairly kind of a public type free agency with Trevor Bauer so it doesn't surprise me that he's kind of commenting on certain reporters things regarding his free agency and you know (laughs) we hadn't heard anything like that up until John Heyman had tweeted that we wouldn't have even suspected anywhere close to those numbers for Trevor Bauer so I'm going to go ahead and lean towards the idea that that Heyman report is completely false I just don't see Rachel or Trevor Bauer realistically asking for 40 million dollars a year and if that is true, then he's out of his damn mind because he's not getting paid $40 million a year. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, I honestly don't even think he's not going to get $35 million a year. It's just it's just not going to happen. He's not even close to Garrett Cole. He's great. He's good. He'd be our ace on our rotation like I told Jared last last podcast, but he's not Garrett Cole material. You'd, you, he's, not, he's not tier one up there with Garrett Cole, Scherzer, DeGrom. He's He's not in that tier. He's like in the half tier below that before you hit tier two. He's like on that edge, but not there yet. And he's not, he'd be approaching a $30 million pitcher, but nowhere near 35 to $40 million pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I think that, you know, Heyman, Heyman's pretty, and I don't want to, you know, speculate and I don't, but he's pretty wrapped around some teams, some organizations, some even agents fingers pretty well Uh, I don't think that the Bauer community and Rachel Luba is one of those ones that he's wrapped around you know and it's just kind of a it's 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 a dark side of baseball in a sense that you know this kind of stuff happens um you know but it's 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 interesting and it made for a lot of fun I'm not gonna lie like Trevor Bauer wants to bring you know fun back to baseball, and I and I tweeted this too. It's like everybody complains about Trevor Bauer, 
But, I mean, he's the only thing anybody's been talking about this whole offseason. And granted, you know, we get to watch Angels fans talk about it on a daily basis. But it feels like, I mean, everybody in general. I mean, JT Realmuto, the best catcher in baseball, is a free agent. We haven't heard a thing about him. Marcus Simeon's a free agent. Andrew Alton Simmons is a free agent. You know, there's there's a lot of really good Justin Turner, I believe, is a free agent. There's a lot of really good free agents out there. And the only thing that anybody's ever talking about right now is Trevor Bauer, rightfully so, because he is the best player that's a free agent this year. But, you know, it's it's just, you know, it's 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 kind of funny that, you know, people complain about it and then it's like, well, we want to make baseball fun again, and then this is what Trevor Bauer's doing. So on Heyman's behalf, you know, this is why I don't report anything ever. This is the exact reason, because if you falsely report stuff like, as speculated, John Heyman did, you know, you get a lot of backlash, and I, I've had it happen to me before. You know, I've had players message me. I'm not going to tell anybody who it was, but I've had mess players message me saying, hey, man, you know, that's not necessarily true. All right, go delete, delete, delete real quick before too many people see it, you know? so Or I've had other reporters text me and be like, hey, you know, that's not necessarily the right thing. It's like, all right, you know, this is, that's why that's, that is the exact reason why I don't report news right there because I don't, I don't want to take that slack. I don't need to, I don't need the publicity, you know, that those guys need. They, they already do enough of it. So any, you know, any final thoughts on that behalf, Brock, because that was kind of an interesting thing. Actually, before we get there, Bob Nightingale reported something a couple, uh, I think yesterday as well on MLB Network saying that he thinks teams are going to, Bauer's market isn't as strong as what teams believe and he might get underpaid what people are projecting him to get paid and that the Angels might be the only team in on him so you know that's that was another huge turn of events I think that you know in between Nightingale and Heyman there is Trevor Bauer somewhere in that giant spectrum where anybody thinks it is I, I it's beyond me I don't know what goes through Trevor Bauer's heads I think we've talked about this before I don't think we I don't think his agent knows what goes through his head. I don't think he did, like he even knows what his plan is going to be. I really don't. I think that Trevor Bauer just goes kind of rogue sometimes like he's going here and flies by the seat of his pants. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now. Somewhere in between Bob Nightingale thinking that he's going to get paid $15 million a year, and that's just a hypothetical number, and J John Heyman thinking that he's going to get paid $40 million a year. I think Trevor Bauer is somewhere in that happy median. I just, I just don't know where. You know, do you have any thoughts on the Bob Nightingale tweet or message that was sent out? I think it was on MLB Network or something along the lines of that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that us hearing that, I, I trust that that segment of Bob Nightingale a little more than I would trust John Heyman's segment about talking about thirty-five to forty million. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't say underpaid. I, I think you know, it, it's all about perspective, right? So if if we hear from Heyman, oh, he's getting thirty-five to forty million. That's ridiculous. And then you hear Nightingale say, "Oh, well, he's going to get underpaid." Like, well, underpaid comparison to what? Because all the websites that we're doing research on have him, and you know, comparable around Zach Wheeler, who's making around twenty-three million a year, and other pitchers around that ballpark. So you know, anything between the twenty to twenty to twenty-five million mark is where he should be at. So if they're saying underpaid in comparison to $30 million, then he's not getting underpaid. He's getting underpaid to what the media have built our perspective on what Bauer should be paid. I don't like the whole underpaid, overpaid thing. It's what is this player being evaluated at, and that's what he should make. And that's end of story um, until you know you really realize what he's being evaluated at and what he's actually worth to these teams. And obviously, 
there's going to be teams that overpay for certain players based on need. And, you know, honestly, the Angels aren't really in a position to overpay this season due to our the amount that we have remaining and us anticipating that Artie's not going to go over the threshold. And that leaves us with $30 million. So if he's asking for 35 to $40 million, I don't think it would be smart for Artie to just dump 35 to $40 million into Bauer. I, I, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about it, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. You know, I, I agree, and I think he's somewhere in that spectrum. And I'll kind of just end it on this. You know, the, the media makes... You know, uh, makes it bigger than it needs to be with everything, and it's going to be the same with this Trevor Bauer thing as well. You know, we're we're seeing it go up and down. So, guys, I wanted to do a whole. You know, we're doing this whole thing is going to be fan segmented. This was the only little bit of news that we really have at the moment. We may make this into kind of a two part podcast as well, depending on you know what's going on. But I really just wanted to get into all fan stuff because we've had so much fan interaction you know, between myself and Brock the past two weeks that, you know, I just wanted to get on and answer almost every question, every email, every tweet that has been sent our way over the past two weeks. And I, you know, just say this is kind of what we're going to do here with the next, you know, two ish segments of this podcast is going to be just fan stuff. Everything that you guys have sent us, I've asked a couple questions about trades and such like that. And, you know, or ask for fan questions. We'll get to the fan questions in a little bit. But first, I Charlie Wolf emailed this a while back, and I haven't we haven't really got to it yet. I mentioned his name a couple podcasts ago, saying you know, hey, I got your email, but now we're gonna really get to it here. He wanted us to bring up and talk about Joe Madden's charitable efforts, and I went on, I researched. Joe Madden does absolutely fantastic things, but that's kind of selling him short because he's done it in so many different places with so many different things. Uh, he's making masks right now, which is super cool to sell. And you can go on and get his masks at uh, his website, which I'll, I'll put a link in our description below for all of the players that we talk about. Um, I, I didn't just want to bring up Joe Madden, though, because that was the one guy that Charlie wanted to bring up. I wanted to bring up guys like Albert Pujols, who has a, a great foundation, the Albert Pujols Foundation. Andrew Heaney does great things. He's been... Uh, a Roberto Clemente finalist before for all of his actions that he's done and you know we've seen him in different countries doing great things with his wife and they they already do a great thing Uh, Mike Trout's done a lot of good stuff lately there was a lot of good products sold on his part for great charities and you can still go on and get that again that I'll link in I'll link that in the description below on Apple Podcasts, and if I can do that there are just so many great charities out there it's hard just to pinpoint one and i'm gonna throw this out there right now if anybody's listening to this that you know is part of any of those charities and wants to put a little you know snippet like 30 seconds come on and talk about the foundation that you work for as well for 10 minutes i will gladly do that i'll I'll put a little 30 second uh, commercial i guess with the foundation in as well in the middle of our podcast just so that you guys you know that it's that's in our podcast and free of charge if you know it's just so we can get the name out there and going a little bit more i i love working with charities i you know i work with angels baseball foundation through our school it's great to to go out there and help 
you know, anybody that is out there, especially in this time. So I just got to throw that out there right now. If anybody is out there that listens to this podcast that helps out with any of those foundations that wants to come on and, you know, support their foundation that they work for and possibly get like a 20, 30 second snippet commercial that I'll put in all the podcasts, I will gladly do that for anybody who works. And Charlie, I'm so glad that, you know, you were able to, you brought this up to my attention, emailed me. I don't know how you got my email, but that was a... I, I appreciate it so much for you emailing us about wanting this subject. And yeah, you know, there's, like I said, there's so many great charities out there. Joe Madden isn't, you know, just the only guy that has it. I think almost everybody in the majors has their own charity. And I feel like it's cutting it short, you know, and I, I we don't do it justice with how many charities are, are really out there and how who's supporting what. Joe Adele has a foundation now. There's minor leaguers in the Angel system that have great charities. So, you know, it's not just Joe Madden, but I, I wanted to bring up as many people as I could remember. So, Charlie, I do appreciate you so much for bringing this to my attention. I'm, you know, more than happy to talk charities. If anybody works for those, any of the Angels charities, Angels Baseball Foundation, want to come on and talk about them, I'll gladly, you know, do a, dedicate a whole podcast to talking about what you guys do and how you guys do it. So, Charlie, again, I appreciate you, you know, bringing this to our attention. Uh, on to our next subject. We're actually just going to jump right into fan mail, and I'm just going to scroll down because we got quite a bit here, and we may, I guess, cut it a little bit short and bring it on to our next podcast. We'll kind of see where we're at time-wise. So first question here for us from Charlie Charlie Hess on Twitter says, what is your thought on how much Bauer will ultimately get? I think we already, did we kind of talk about that? Just throw a number out there right now. What do you think the uh, the total is that he's going to get? Man, I personally like. I think it was, five, yeah, five five years for twenty four million a I'm, year. I'm for about one hundred twenty million. Yeah, I think he's going to get twenty in between twenty three and twenty six. That's that's mine. In between four to six years, I I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what goes through Trevor Bauer's head. I really don't. I wish I did. You know, but I don't. We even could think, be. We could be totally off. Yeah, he might get seventeen a year. I don't think he's definitely not signing a one year deal. But I do think that, you know, it's going to be in that area between four to six years, 23 to 27 million. You could, you know, pinpoint an actual number. I, I don't know what it's what it's really going to be. And then he goes on to ask Bauer yeah, almost. He'd be stupid to sign a one year deal. Yes, but that's what he's been doing. That was his plan from the beginning was I'm going to sign one year deals. And that's what he had been doing until he doesn't have a draft pick attached with him anymore, which I believe he still has a draft pick attached to him. And once he gets that draft pick off him, he's worth more money by te- to teams because they don't have to give up that draft pick. So that was his plan from the beginning. It seems like he just wants to take an actual contract now and stay with a team for longer, which, you know, hey, more power to him if he can do that. So and then so this is probably going to be the highest he's ever going to be evaluated at. So if he goes out next year, signs a one-year deal, and he doesn't win another Cy Young, he's going to get way less evaluation in the, in the next season following that. So yep, yeah, no, that that's where it's at. And then Charlie goes on to say Bauer will most likely get thirty million per year. What two starters could we get for the same thirty million we paid them together? Do you have two starters off? I think any two starters on the market are going to get around fifteen million. Or less. I don't think anybody's going to get over fifteen million. So I think you could pick any two starters, really. Like I like Jose Quintana. Yeah. Just to throw out a name. Yeah, I mean, I you could you could also go the trade route too, and you could say we, you can get a Paxton and a Marquez. 
for less than $30 million a year and, and have similar impact war-wise. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's uh, interesting that you bring up war because he also asked, how highly do we think about the war stat? I mean, personally, I think from the amount of time that I've, you know, I'm not super, you know, diligent on following stats on every single player all the time, every single season. But it seems like for the most part, since I've been following the war statistics, since it's really become mainstream, it seems like for the most part, they're um, in the ballpark accurate. Um, You know, obviously not including if someone gets injured, obviously then the war stats going to be completely off because they're not, you know, having that playing time. But, Really, the war statistic projection-wise, I don't know if you're more asking about uh, us looking at projected war or kind of war at the end of a season to base it off of performance. If, if you're asking based off performance, then I have a lot of trust in that war stat, and I, I like that it exists now because I think back in the day when we were giving out MVP awards and Cy Young awards, you may have been p- spending too much attention on, on the wrong statistics, like – back in the day, a lot of pitchers were wearing Cy Youngs basically off of wins. So war kind of throws in a little bit more of, uh, and FIP is a good one for pitchers too, that I think is good to pay attention to war and FIP. And then you, I mean, those are like the basic stats that, you know, really almost all general baseball fans can kind of understand war is like including everything. And FIP is kind of more of like introducing other factors that ERA doesn't. And then when it comes to players, batters, I really like the war stat, especially because it really, you know, it introduces everything, their defense, their base running, their on base, you know, ability, their uh, power, like it really puts everything into one number and does their best to evaluate the player as a, as a whole. And I think that, you know, makes it easier to give out MVP awards. And, you know, it goes to show why Trout's won as many MVP awards as he does, because he's an all around great player. And, you know, he doesn't have people winning the MVP over him solely because they hit 40 jacks, you know, instead of him hitting 30 or 35 and then not winning because of that, he's the whole thing, which I still think he's been gypped out of a couple MVP awards personally. But yeah, no. And then if you talk projection wise, I I think that for the most part, if you, you know, like Herman Marquez projected for 4.4 war this next season, he's projected to throw 178 innings. Right. So their projections for him, 12 and seven with a three nine nine ERA. I don't think that's far off at all unless he just has a very off season or a very good season. I think that they kind of do a good job at projecting kind of like middle ground. They don't go too high. They don't go too low for the most part. And as long as he gets that playing time that they're projecting him to get, he should be around that area, you know, give or take 0.5 war. And so personally, I, I like war. I, I, trust it to a certain extent, you know, disparring injuries and all that. And I think it's a good way to try to evaluate future acquisitions and, you know, what, where you're lacking in your team. So, yeah, no, I, I, I like war a lot. I use it. I use it a lot for sure. Wars for me is just how valuable a player is. You know, it's tough to do war on relievers because you look at war and they don't accumulate a very high war. Um, same thing, pitching, pitching war is a little bit different as well. If you're looking for the future, FIP is a great way to see what pitchers might have in the future. So if they have a a, a much lower FIP than they do ERA, you know, maybe kind of like, you know, Dylan Bundy, in a sense, was a good trade for that reason because 
You know, he was always, if I'm not mistaken, putting up a little bit better FIPS than he did ERAs, and that maybe contributed to why he wasn't as successful in Baltimore. You know, and he also played for Baltimore, which is a completely negative thing. But yeah, if you're looking for future references, FIPS a great thing. Um, war on, if you're looking Fangraphs war, they will always, you know, project lower. So Mike Trout will always be a, a six to seven war guy, which is stu- still stupid good. That's still one of the best. That's still the best player in baseball. But the fact that he always puts up like nine to ten wars is just even more stupid. And yeah, Fangraphs will usually underdo it a little bit um, with projections, which is kind of nice to to see that. You'll see a lot of guys kind of push over their projections, which is always, always a good thing. So next question from Neil. Hold on, one more, one more thing yes. I forgot to say. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this. I don't remember the formula off the top of my head. But another reason I like war is that it actually... I've heard that you can contribute some sort of formula and somehow add more wins to your projected win total based off of a player's war. So I don't know if, you know, I I know war is somewhat still fairly new, but if you add a player that's six war, that doesn't mean you're adding six wins to your total for your projected wins. But there's a formula that that you can do that will be like, okay, a six war player will add projected three wins to your season kind of thing i think it's like 162 times something divided by the war something something like that um but yeah going with another thing that you said i'm looking at the fan graphs projections right here for all the pitchers and like literally in the top 20 pitchers there's only one pitcher projected a pitch below a three era so obviously that's not going to happen there's going to be much more pitchers that are going to throw below a three era and Degrom is the only one and he's at a 2.96 so he's barely below three so they're all being kind of conservative with these projections and their war is still all very high so just to kind of back up what jared said yeah yeah always that's always the case and it always will be and it's 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 nice that fangraphs kind of does that and it's also nice to see players play above what fangraphs projects as well. So on to our next question from Neil KT, I believe, hopefully, maybe it's Niall KT, but he wants to compare our top prospects to what the Padres gave up. I'll kind of take this one. When it came to the Snell deal, there's no contest. There really isn't. Angels didn't have the pitching that in in the system that they, that the pod, that the um, Rays wanted, that the Padres had. And, you know, the Angels didn't have a Luis Patino. You know, maybe if if they wanted to give up Canning, but that's not really even close. I think Patino is going to be a far superior pitcher, and especially going to Tampa. Um, when it comes down to it, Chris Rodriguez was another guy I'm sure that was maybe brought up, but just hasn't been quite valuable enough yet in the minors. You know, so and Reed Detmers just I don't think he quite fits into that role that that uh, Tampa Bay system. So I just don't think when it came to the Snell deal, it just wasn't. It wasn't in the works there. It never was. I don't think they wanted just Adele. I think they wanted a package, and that's that's what they got. They got a nice little package for for Blake Snell. Maybe a little bit of an overpay, but we'll end up seeing. So, and then for the U Darvish deal, I would think it would be somewhere along the lines of maybe like a Jeremiah Jackson, Kyron Paris at the top of that, and then kind of trickles down from there. They might have added a, a Jemai Jones type of guy. And if you're throwing in a pitcher or two, you know, it probably would have been some younger, you know, overseas talent that they that the 
that they thought they could produce a little bit higher with. So when it came to the Cubs deal, I think that the Angels definitely fit a little bit better. Now, if they wanted to give up some of their prospects, that's going to be the big question because the Padres did a great thing. They didn't give up any of their top prospects for either one of these two and got better and kept their farm system the same. The Angels would not have been able to do that. The Angels would have been gutting their farm system to get at least Snell. I don't think they would have gutted it. They would not have gutted it to get uh, Darvish. It would have been a trade somewhat around, I would think, Jeremiah Jackson or Kyron Paris or somebody along the lines of that Errol Vera type of guy. So I, I, they definitely could have gone out and got you Darvish. I don't know if it was in the plans or not. So next one from Job Ang. I am also of the opinion that we should be saving our prospect capital as much as we can since we are already thin. Cost control will be huge in the coming years. Thoughts on that, Brock? Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It's a good question. I think, you know, I've, t- I've touched on this before where I think it's kind of just about either supply and demand or, or opportunity and obviously risk versus gain kind of thing. Um, I, I'm not against, you know, not necessarily dumping our prospect pool, but, um, you know, if we miss out on Bauer, we come out of this offseason with, you know, one mid-tier level arm, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to, hey, you know what, like, let's do some sort of uh, Adele-type package for Marquez. Um, you know, especially he's he's a pretty controllable. I think he's got – do you know how many years he's got after 2021? Two more years? Uh, Marquez? I think he's three three years yeah. after. Making about $8 wow, million so a year. Yeah, we, so, yeah, four seasons of Marquez for $32 million is a pretty killer deal. So, you know, if it's something like that where we're getting a controllable player – uh, that we think is worth that, then obviously, you know, like I said, supply and demand. I don't think we should just be throwing out prospect packages if, you know, I, I don't think the Padres would be doing these kind of things if they thought that they had multiple other options. Um, and they, you know, Darvish, they're going to be paying him somewhat decent dollar, but I think he's only got two seasons left. And Snell, he's not making a ton of money either. The Rays somehow got him for way cheaper than he's probably worth uh so they're not really breaking the bank on those two guys and uh you know that's why it's a good deal for the padres uh they might not want to go out and sign bauer for upwards of 30 million dollars a year which is why they went alternative options to whereas the angels were you know we're thinking that we are going to have the flexibility and the option of signing bauer or some other free agents and if we don't then that's when you're like okay well we didn't get these deals that we were anticipating so maybe now we could look into doing some sort of prospect packages and, you know, obviously you have to rank your priorities and, and what you're willing to give up for those priorities. And it's either going to be money or prospects. And most of the time, depending on what team you are, you know, if you're the Marlins, it's going to be always prospects. But if you're the Angels, the Dodgers, the Yankees, it's going to most likely be money first because you don't want to give up what you're building and then resort to prospect packages to get the things that you need that you missed out with the money because money doesn't always get you what you need. Yeah, you know, and and like I, I always like to say, don't overvalue your prospects because most of them don't turn out like you want it to, you know. I mean, I know a lot of people are giving up on Joe Adele already, but, you know, it, it you we saw what it was last year and it's kind of interesting, you know. It's, it's one of those things where would you have liked to have sold higher on Adele? Sure, maybe, 
But then again, he could also turn into a 30 home run guy, kind of like a Justin Upton in a sense, you know. The if you haven't read it already, go on to Taylor Blake Ward's Twitter or go find his last article that he wrote. He did a whole bunch of comparisons. That's a great thing. That's a great way to look at it, you know, cuz like you're looking at I think he compared Brandon Marsh to Charlie Blackman, which getting Charlie Blackman from Brandon Marsh would be great because Charlie Blackman's a stud. But he could also be less than that, you know. He could be Colby Rasmus. He could be, you know, somebody along the lines of that. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where you're totally right. If the right trade comes along, do it, 100%. But I don't think the Angels are in a win now. or I think they are, but I don't think they're in that right situation where they need to just go and kill the farm system. I think that they can do some producing on the farm system part, but I don't think they need to go out there and just blow it up like a Dombrowski would have done. I think they need to continue to build for the future as well. So they're in a tough, tough situation. And, you know, it's, I, I just don't know, you know, it's, it's the, it's the big question. It's the question that keeps me up at night. We talked, we had a, like almost a whole podcast about this, the question that keeps us up at night. And I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is to that. I really don't. I think that if the right trades come along, hundred percent do it, but I don't think you need to go out there and just blow up the farm system yet. So that's... And just for some perspective, Joe Adele, as of right now, is projected as the 12th highest war outfielder for 2021. <laughs> just so you guys know, he's projected to give 3.5 war, 25 jacks, 71 or 72 RBIs, 40 walks, 156 Ks, 278 batting average with an 819 OPS for a total of three and a half war. So he's literally projected top 15, 12th per fan graphs in war for 2021. Is that the updated so one? No. What was that? Is that Steamer? Or is that Def Chart? If it, it says, says Zips 2021. Oh, they can't. If they came out with Zips already, that's sick. That's good. I haven't even looked at that. I'll have to go on and look at that. I learned yeah, new things. I, I think it must have just came out because I think I looked the other day and there was nothing up, but I just pulled it up this morning and, and I was like, oh, snap, Joe Adele's three and a half war. <laughs> Perfect. Well, there you go. I, that's You learned something new every day. Yeah. You know, you know, Adele's got the upside for sure. You know, he has the upside of being a Justin Upton in his prime type of guy. Not, I mean, not Justin Upton now who's kind of been hurt and struggling a little bit, but, you know, it, it, Justin Upton in his prime, you know, isn't a bad, isn't a bad thing at all. Streaky, yes, but... You know, he, he could he could definitely go out there and hit more home runs than Justin Upton. You know, I know that everybody hates the Upton comp, but it's it's very similar. It really is, and I think that he could he could definitely go out. So I wouldn't sell him too short unless it's you know you're going out and getting Luis Castillo or Herman Marquez or somebody like that. Or you know, I, I'm not going out and selling him for anything less than that. And I think that them the Angels not trading Adele for Snell was a huge win for the Angels. I think that that is. That was a good job by just saying, nope, let's not do that. So Dalton Wolf asks, I believe we need an ace like Bauer now, but you think the Angels are wait do you think the Angels are waiting for Pujols' contract to end? I don't think so. No. No, I definitely don't think so. We talked about this Brock's Brock's whole idea the other night, the other day on our I think the two podcasts before this was fantastic. I think that that's kind of where you're at. I think you can definitely go and Built, start building your pitching now because you're going to be losing. If if you wait out on it, I mean, next year is totally different. You're losing Heaney, you're losing Bundy. I think, yeah, you know, getting Bauer this year is going to would be a huge plus if that happens. And I, I it's it's um, it, I think it almost needs to happen with what you're losing next year, or if you're going to go out and extend either one of those guys. Um, what do you think, Brock? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, I stand by that. That you can't. 
I don't think you could really ever, if you're any team that is trying to compete, any team that has the money that's known to spend the money, you can't just ever voluntarily bow out for a top-level free agent that you have the money to sign. Like, you just got to do it. It's just, it defies baseball, free agency, common sense. Um, You know, obviously, you never want to heavily overpay a player, but if they're within the budget, if they're within uh, the realm of what you're willing to pay that player, then you need to just, you know, go out and do it because you don't know what's going to happen the next two off seasons and you miss out on Bauer. You know, a lot of things that people always forget about is free agents choose where they want to go in free agency. So just because we're like, Oh, we didn't get Bauer this year, but next off season we could get Cindergard or Stroman or whoever. Yeah, that's fine that you want to picture that. But what if Cindergard literally hates the West coast and doesn't want to come play for the angels? Well, we're not going to get him. We're going to miss out on him. What if someone else doesn't want to come play for us? We're going to miss out on him. Then next thing you know, two, three off seasons from now, we've traded for Marquez, and that's all we have because we didn't want to sack up and buy Bauer. So it's kind of like a thing that you just need to seize every opportunity that you have, that you have the ability to to uh, obtain and build from that point forward. Because you know you sign a Bauer and get him up there towards the top of that rotation, and we have him for the next three to five years then, like I said, all you're doing from this point forward is adding to it. You're not continuing to, oh, we have to build a rotation. We have to build it. Like as long as you could get a solid we – we need a solid foundation is what I'm getting at. If you don't have a solid foundation and something to build on, then you're kind of screwed. And that's why we're in a good position offensively where, like I said last podcast, we're not really worried about the offense because we've built that good foundation. We have Trout. Trout's our foundation. Rendon's our foundation. Those are the guys that we're building around that we're not super stressed out about the offense because we have those guys at the top of our lineup supporting us, building our or being our foundation. But if we don't have that foundation in our rotation, it's just we're always going to be, you know, one step forward, two steps backward. And if we continue to go down that route, we're never going to win a World Series. We have to seize every opportunity that we can to get a top level arm. And, uh, you know, I'm looking here, I think Bowers projected 18th best pitcher in baseball. Um, and the only pitcher above him that is, I think even on our radar to be able to trade for is Marquez. I think everybody else is kind of a, I mean, we've brought up a Chris sale deal, but I I don't think that's going to happen. But realistically, like Marquez and Bauer, um, are kind of at the top of our radar, uh, for guys that we want. And they're both top 20 arms um so you know those are the opportunities that if you want to get to the playoffs and be a world series contender marquez is at four and a half war bowers at four war so you're looking at almost seven and a half give or take you know seven six and a half to eight and a half war that you could be getting from those two guys and that is that is a lot of war for two acquisitions for as much money as, you know, for projecting Bauer to get around 24 to 25 and Marquez is going to be making, I think around eight to nine for that kind of money to get around those, that amount of war for the time that they're playing with us, it would be astronomically huge. Like that's what, what do you think that would compute to five wins? Probably four yep. or five wins to our total. Yeah, probably yeah, that's it's not more. That's huge. Yeah. That would put us top three team immediately yeah no i i agree i think you know that when when you look at it i don't think the hitting's really been the problem i don't think like even last year the starting pitching really wasn't the problem 
it was the bullpen, and that kind of has been torn apart, hasn't really been addressed yet, quite enough as what we think it should be. And, you know, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. You know, you have a strong foundation hitting. You mentioned that. I just, you know, you're going to need pitching. You definitely, you're going to need pitching, and it's, you know, whatever they go out and do, that's that's going to... That's going to be it. And and he has another question on top of that, which I kind of thought was interesting. Do you think that we haven't seen any big moves because we're all because the Angels are all in on Bauer? And I'll kind of say, I think that we're slowly seeing pieces fall here. I think, you know, we saw Snell move. We saw Darvish move. I think, you know, the pieces are slowly starting to fall that, you know, now that we're in the new year, you know, it's we're going to start seeing more and more pieces fall and, you know, once Trevor Bauer signs, for sh- definitely we're going to start seeing where the op- the market is going to fly open. You know, because that's that's and that's that's how it's been in the past too. It's you know one, two, three guys sign like like last year. You look at Cole, Rendon, and Strasburg signed within three days, and you know the whole everything else blew up. You know, it was it was smooth sailing from there. So you just need that one big name to fall off the board. You know, and trade-wise, the same thing. We we just saw Snell get traded um, within 24 hours. We saw Darvish get traded. We saw the Padres make another big, big splash as well. And you know, everything starts falling apart. I think that yes, once Trout, once Bauer goes wherever he's going to go, whether it's Anaheim, whether it's New York, Toronto, wherever he may go, um, God forbid he goes down to San Diego and makes that team any better. But yeah, you know, it, it, wherever he goes, I think that that'll be the final you know, brick that falls and everything else kind of starts, we see it start falling into place. Next question from Rob McDonald. What is your list of Angels prospects in order of value, not ranking, except Joe Adele? Value-wise, Marsh, Adams, probably Detmers is in that mix. Jackson's in the mix right after that. Rodriguez is in the mix, though he's been hurt. Adele's at the very top of what my prospect list would be value-wise, but he's not really technically a prospect anymore. So, And then after that, it just kind of falls apart. Williams Holmes is kind of an interesting guy as well, two-way player. I think that he's pretty valuable. I think he can stay as a two-way player. Um, we'll see how that develops. And then there's a whole bunch of kind of younger, you know, overseas international guys that will be interesting to see as they move forward. And then we saw Jose Soriano already fall off the board as the first pick. So again, (laughs) look for a Joe Musgrove's trade since we're talking about trades and such like that. So I think this is actually kind of a good spot to wrap this podcast up and give kind of any, any final thoughts and we'll continue with all these fan questions, any news we have, and we're going to go over the trades you guys sent us on the next podcast. So, Brock, any final thoughts here to everything going on? Happy New Year, of course, you know, but any final thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I just have two things I want to touch on. I kind of want to, now that I'm looking at the updated Zips projections, I kind of wanted to back up what I said on the last uh, time we were talking about Bauer about you know, if you want a solid rotation that gets you to the playoffs, you're going to have to pay up. And if you look at the top 15 pitchers, the top 15 ends with Corbin. So Bauer's projected for 16th, by the way. So if you look at the top 15, you have Corbin, Scherzer, Strasburg. So the Nationals are paying a crap ton of money for the rotation, but they've consistently had two, three top 15 pitchers projected for war. Then you look at the Mets. 
they have two top 10 projected pitchers, DeGrom and Syndergaard, that they're paying for. The Yankees, Severino, Garrett Cole, they have two top 10 pitchers in projected war. So, you know, like I said, if you want those high projections, you want that high output, then, you know, most of the time it doesn't come cheap. And, you know, unless you get a guy like Marquez, who was, I believe, home pretty much, you know, built from the Rockies, that's why they have him for cheap, um, then, you know, that's kind of lucky. You know, a Bueller, a Soroka, those guys, those guys are top 15 pitchers, but they were, you know, they weren't bought. They were built just like Trout. So that's just kind of touching on that, that, you know, that's just proof in the pudding right there that, you know, you kind of got to pay up. And then uh, second thing is I'm a, I'm a predictions guy and, uh, you know, most of the time I'm wrong, but my prediction is Bauer is going to sign with the Angels by next Friday. Interesting prediction. I and like, I'm not, I'm like not, that. I'm not going to get into, you know, years and, and money because I don't think any of us really have any real idea what that's going to look like. I would like $4 million, That would put us at $120 million. I don't think it's too long. I don't think it's too much for us. I don't think it's too less for Bauer. So I think 5 for 24 is where I like it. But my prediction, regardless of money or years, that he's going to sign with us by next Friday, January 8th. Mark it down. <laughs> I like it. You know, I've been saying the same kind of thing. I think that once the new year kicks in, once we hit 2021, I think we start seeing a big boom in players signing some acquisitions. We kind of saw it start around Christmas with all the trades, and I think that we're going to continue to see that over now. So guys, thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Halos. We appreciate all of what you guys had, and like I said before, if you guys want to join us for a episode of Talking Fans or something along the lines of that, a little segment, come on and talk a little Angels baseball. If you're part of the charity, like I mentioned before, and want to come on and talk about any of those charities you know that we brought up please come on come on talk about it i, l- I would love to well i'll even designate a little bit of like commercial space for you guys to put on as well i would love it for myself you can find me at jared underscore tims on twitter you can find brock at bdrox8 if you have any questions guys shoot us messages we love them like i said we get so much fan stuff we're, we're really enjoying it right now answering all these questions and Stay tuned for the next segment of our whole fan episode and whatever news comes up. Guys, have a safe and fantastic day and have a happy new year.